Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Per the Contract podcast. I am your host, Annalise, and today, as I say every time, we have a very special guest. We are joined by my virtual friend. We have actually not met up in person, even though I feel like we have, uh, Amy Powell, who is the founder of Attainable AF, and I'm not even going to give the intro because I know she will do it way better than I will. So welcome, Amy, to the podcast, and of course, introduce yourself. Hi, hi, hi. Thanks so much for having me, Annalise. So I am Amy. Hi, everyone. I'm a happiness coach, and I help individuals who create big impact in the world through their work really reflect and look back on what's happening in their lives and really understanding on a multidimensional, holistic happiness level of how they can start to sustain more happiness in their lives uh, through their relationships, through their lifestyle, through their, their environment, um, and really helping them not only create the impact in the world that they want to, but how they can sustain their own happiness in their own world as well. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I can just feel your energy of how much you love your business. Like you're smiling, you're almost blushing. Like I love your energy and we've worked together in the past too. And I just know that, I mean, I know your services and everything, and I know how much they can help people. So first question, of course, and I ask this to all of my guests because we love to talk about the journey, right? (laughs) We want to know where you started, where you're at now. So I need to ask, what was your first job that you ever had? Yes. And I love this because this literally is a trip back down memory memory lane. So the first job I had, I was in high school. I was probably a sophomore. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend at the time, his aunts had a pizza spot. Mm-hmm. And it, this was in Santa Cruz, California. And it was a wood-fired pizza oven right by the beach. And they threw it out to, to my boyfriend and a, a few of his friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, in our, our circle, um, would we want to come and work and cook pizza and make salads and pour beer uh, for for all the uh, attend or for the um, patrons? And we we said yes. There was four of us, so um, and it was ink for pizza, mm-hmm. and we had such an amazing time. And I, I remember at the time it was so much more about the the community of people who I was working with mm-hmm. and the, the environment there. And we just, we played music. Uh, we worked really hard. I learned how to cook pizza and I loved cooking. I was like the, the pizza cook, uh, you know, burned, got so many blisters on my hands, uh, mm. making the fire. And, and um, it was just such a humbling, but also just really unique experience. And uh, I remember either skateboarding or riding my bike to work and then going to the beach after, after work. And, um, you know, again, we was, I was probably 15, 16 at the time. So, um, just yeah, loving life. And, and it going back to that idea of community, it was never necessarily about the money Mm -hmm. I was making. It was more about what I was doing, who I was working with, Mm -hmm. and learning. And I think that makes such a big difference about the community that you work with and the people that you work with. And it's definitely, I know a huge factor as to why like people leave different jobs or why they start new jobs and stuff. And it's funny that 
I always think back to like even my first job, I worked at Cold Stone Creamery and like I loved the people I worked with, like absolutely genuinely loved to where we all had different backgrounds, all different ways of life, but you just come together for that community sense. And in my sense, it was scooping ice cream and your sense, it was making pizza. Yeah, I love great combo yeah, between right. us. <laughs> we're we're you know That's making great. food. It's funny too because there's so many people that like that is their first job is like ice cream scooping or making pizza or sandwich shop or something like that. But also, did you grow up in Santa Cruz? I did. That's so yes. funny. So my little sister went to college in Santa Cruz, so I visited quite I- quite a few times there. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. It is. It's just its own little bubble of surfer amazingness. It is. It's definitely like you walk in and you're like, I'm in a different universe a little bit, but it's cool. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And disclaimer, I actually did not surf. So I was, I definitely swam in the ocean a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, and, and I enjoyed watching surfing, but I wasn't, I didn't. You're not a surfer. You don't like it. I. I I just, I was always swimming. And I think that, you know, just being one with the one with the water that always Mm -hmm. connected with me more instead of trying to jump on the waves and get, get pummeled. (laughs) Hey, I feel you because I tried surfing once and I was like, nope, this is not for me. I'm too tall. I can't do this. I think we're the same height too. So that resonates. I know. Sure. Actually, when you were in New York recently, I saw a picture of you and I was like, wow, she's a lot taller than I expected. I think we're the same height. <laughs> and we have the same snakeskin boots, we which do. is awesome. I know you're right. Oh my gosh. Well, that's a whole other topic of conversation. We could go down <laughs> as fashion. So now, now that we know your first job, what was the last job that you had before you became a happiness coach and started attainable AF? Oh, yes. Good question. So I was working uh, at WE, W-E Communications. It was an independently female-owned PR agency in San Francisco uh, based in Seattle, in, in Bellevue, Washington. Mm-hmm. And again, just the the people there were so incredible. And to be honest, I actually would not have left that job if it weren't for wanting, having this deep desire for for honestly, for decades to start my own business Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, go out and do my own thing. Um, so I absolutely miss all of the people there and the work, I mean, and, and just being a part of, uh, you know, really prominent female owned independent, uh, agency was just really incredible to, uh, be in that environment and, uh, just be inspired by the people that I was working with on a day-to-day basis. That's great. So what was your position there? Yes, I was an executive assistant mm-hmm. to uh, to our president. So, um, yeah, yeah, and and I think that that's actually uh, that role is I was so drawn to that type of role because it was so so closely connected to the business and really understanding the fundamentals of business and the relationship building and uh, the development process that that went into it. And so, you know, in so many ways, I was really, you know, a right hand uh, mm-hmm. of making things happen and really understanding the intricacies of the business and what needed to happen. So I really did enjoy that role um, because it, you know, was such a front seat to mm-hmm. 
to so many aspects of business, but also really understanding at a higher level of all the, the pieces that had to come together to make a successful business. Definitely. And I think it's so interesting too, because I feel that most people sometimes when it comes to like assistant positions, they don't look at it as like you had said, as your right-hand man or how much you're learning in the actual business. But it's so true because you are sitting in these meetings with the president, right? You're sitting there, you're coordinating her schedule, you're talking to people and doing all of that. I think that's such an incredible position that you were in. Knowing that you loved your position and the work that you were doing, I guess, what was the turning point for you or your aha moment as to, okay, I'm ready to start my own business? Yeah, I I had always wanted to do my own thing. And I think that there was multiple reasons around that. Uh, I knew I was capable mm-hmm. of... Uh, creating something. Uh, and I wanted that, that, that challenge. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to put my creative mind behind something and, and bring people together around this, uh, common idea that would create impact in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I, when I was moving around in different careers for the last two decades, I always had this idea that I did want to create my own thing. However, of course there was fear, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Am I ready? Am I educated enough? Am I capable enough? Mm -hmm. And then also the money component of, you know, really finding and feeling security and knowing that I had a paycheck coming in and I didn't have to necessarily work really hard for, for that, or that I, I had enough money to sustain me. Mm-hmm. Um, so those two, I think components were really the things that, uh, held me back from taking the jump much earlier. However, all of the experience that I've gleaned through working for other people have absolutely contributed and supported me in making this risk, taking the leap, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, continuing to grow and learn and actually making, making it and doing something with this. I love that. And I think it's so important, just as you said that, you know, there was fear behind it and that's completely okay. And, you know, I guess my next question is then what was the, like the, was there a moment where you said, okay, I'm ready? Like, what was that kind of turning point? I was living in San Francisco at the time and I was in a meeting and we were talking about, I I think it was someone had, someone was getting ready to leave the company and they were starting their own thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember in that moment thinking, wow, that could be me Mm -hmm. and starting to question, why isn't that me? And so that really stuck with me. And so that evening when I went home, I wanted to explore that more and really starting to ask myself the hard questions of when can that be me? Yeah. And so really starting to go over, okay, if I do this, how much money do I need to have saved? Uh, not, and not my nest egg, right? Not my like complete mm-hmm. backup, but how much is my start my business fund? How much does that need to be? Uh, you know, what, 
what do I need to start doing? You know, I need to, mm-hmm. I need to have some idea of what I'm going to be doing. Right. Uh, so, right. So all these questions of, and, and really start kind of that deeper exploration started to happen after that moment in that meeting. And from there it was, uh, you know, starting to save every paycheck, starting to, you know, really sit down and starting to talk to different coaches and talk to different people who have started their own business to start to, you know, understand what, what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then that was probably, I would say six or seven months mm-hmm. until I hit that number of this is how much I needed to save to sustain my for two years. So I could go and, you know, not necessarily feel like I needed to be making money in my business for two years to have the comfort and to have the, you know, safety net, mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to go and do this. And so, yeah, that's what happened and, um, moved to LA and the rest is history. Oh my gosh. Well, I love that you mentioned saving and getting to that number because that's something I always talk about. And you've probably heard me on this podcast talk about it is saving. Yes. I have. yes. <laughs> so you're so like, important. So, so important. It's so important because and it, it's up to you. You know what I mean? Like, just like you said, like you felt comfortable saving two years amount so that you can then start your business and run your business and have that exploration so that you felt that that's how you wanted to start your business. Whereas for me, you know, I was like, you know what, three months is good enough for me. That's what I need. Let's get this, let's get the ball rolling. And so it's so interesting that we're both, you know, self-employed, we're both, you know, business owners, but we each have our own different savings and safety nets. And it's just based off of what you've feel comfortable with and what's going to be best for your lifestyle. You know, I can tell you until I'm blue in the face to save for three months. And then you can say to your clients, Oh, save for six months or two years, but it's going to be what's up to you at the end of the day. So I find that so interesting that it's just, it's exactly what I talk about all the time of just save as much as you feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good point. And just to clarify too, my two years, when I had hit, so in my head at the time, I I knew I wanted to move out of the city, mm-hmm. out of San Francisco. And I, I still didn't really know. I didn't have, I like, I had a couple ideas, but I really mm-hmm. didn't have a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that two years for me was imperative mm-hmm. because I didn't know that I could be making money in three months. So that was just that extra safety net for me. And that felt really, really comfortable. Yeah. And I think that's completely okay too, you know, and like for me, I did my side hustle and hustled my butt during corporate, but you know, I got burnt out very fast. And for you, it felt more comfortable for taking the time, finding your proof of concept, finding your business. And that's completely okay as well. Cause I mean, clearly now we're both successful, so it doesn't matter what ever happened in between, but again, it's based off of our journey and what feels best for you as an individual. Right. Because I feel, I mean, percent. you're in the coaching space. So you probably hear it too, where people always say like, you need to be doing this or you should be doing this. And I really try to avoid those terms because I mean, yes, as you know, a strategist, there are some things you need and should be doing for your business, but it all comes down to you, right? It all comes down to like what you want and what you feel best in. 
Uh, so I love that. I never knew that about your journey. And I think that's so important. And also moving from San Francisco to LA is not cheap. So you definitely had to like make sure that pennies were counted and moving in general is not cheap. No matter what, I feel like it's, it's automatically, ten, it's 10 grand. Like no matter what, it's 10 grand. <laughs> yeah. And, and even if that's not the moving, if you, cause I, I was going from a living with roommates to having my own place in LA. Mm -hmm. And so I had to, you know, furniture, you had, there's, there's a lot of things to take into consideration. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I remember moving out of my place for the first time without roommates being like, Oh crap, I need a couch. (laughs) Like, I guess I can't, I can't take their couch with me. Like I have to go get my own. Okay. Yeah. Silverware, all of it. Right. I know. It's so funny. So I guess during your two year journey or, um, in that time frame, were you working with coaches or how did you kind of figure out your proof of concept? It was really leaning on my community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so not only my friend network, my peer network, uh, and, and various people who I had met and that I was continuing to make connections and meeting throughout mm-hmm. this time. So, uh, I, I tried out a few different things mm-hmm. as attainable. So, um, you know, attainable has housed a couple different ideas yeah. and really during that time, I was continuing to talk to people, continuing to research, asking questions, sending out surveys, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Understanding what people needed. And when the pandemic hit, everything really stopped the the companies and and the 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 people who I were talking to their businesses were not allowed to be open mm-hmm. so i i really just just i stopped myself right mm-hmm. to to collect all the things and and understand what was what i could do during this time and during that time i because i lived alone i was really actively making an effort to connect with people over the phone who I hadn't talked to for a long time or who I had talked to, mm-hmm. um, you know, dear friends of mine and really starting to just be a support and be a listener and understand what was happening in their world. Mm-hmm. And the more and more I did that, the more and more feedback I got of, wow, Amy, our conversation, I was feeling so low and you gave me inspiration. You gave me motivation. There was things that I didn't think I could do right now, but I absolutely can. And you shed light on that and you helped me create a strategy and a plan to put that in place, even during this lockdown, very scary, very um, uncertain time. And so the more conversations I had like that, the more, I mean, I can when I was getting off the phone with people, I was lit up, mm-hmm. Annalise. Like oh. I was just on fire after these conversations because I felt like I was really helping people that I cared about, but also helping them create action in their life and do things in their lives during a time when, you know, everything was this was stopped, right? There was this very like stagnant um, MO happening mm-hmm. and I felt it too. So that sparked the idea of should i do this like is this attainable is mm-hmm. is happiness attainable as fuck mm-hmm. and yeah it absolutely is even during the darkest time 
And that's when this idea of happiness coaching and uh, supporting people in a coaching capacity came to fruition. I think that's so incredible, honestly. And I, I'm just learning all of this now. Like, I feel like I knew it, but now I'm getting to the nitty gritty of your journey and everything. And I think it's so important because you did something that you may not have even realized is you did market research. You, you know, obviously you were just having these conversations with people to genuinely just, again, help them figure out what they needed, but you did market research without you probably even knowing it to then build your business up based off of what felt good for you as well as what felt good for other people. So you, you fixed it. You've, you know, found your niche just by doing market research, which is exactly what I tell my clients to do. So a client, if you're listening, do what Amy did and do some market research. (laughs) And I love that you brought that up, Annalise, because in my head, I see other business owners doing market research. And I always say, oh man, I need to do that. Or that's something I didn't do. And I, my business probably isn't as successful or is, is going to grow as quickly because I didn't do that thing. Mm-hmm. And con- that is a continual habit of us and our lovely brains mm-hmm. to not recognize the things that we have done or the things that we do have. And so thank you for calling that out because yes, I did do market research Mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of us too, you know, just, we, we don't feel like we're happy or we don't feel like we have the things we want, but when we do really look around and put some effort into, to opening our eyes and really acknowledging what is there, there's so much more, we have so much more abundance and happiness in our lives than we acknowledge. It's so true. And honestly, I feel like it's, you just need that outside perspective to see what you may not be seeing. You know what I mean? Like, just like you said, like you didn't even think you were doing market research and I'm the strategist coming in. Like, Amy, you did exactly what I'm teaching people. Like, this is so great. Like you did it and you didn't even know that you did it, which is incredible. So good. So good. So good. So (laughs) happiness coach, what does that entail? Like what type of clients are you working with now? What does that, do you have a package service? What does it look like to work with you? Yes. So I, I work with individuals who are making an impact in the world and I've floated around these ideas of entrepreneur, creative thinker, impact maker, disruptor, and the common denominator between all of those are that they are creating positive impact in the world. And so I, I enjoy working with those types of people because when I see people who devote so much time and energy outward into their work, into solving and and trying to help other people and solve problems in the world. They, they themselves on a, that holistic happiness level, it's really hard for them to give time and energy to different areas of their life to sustain their own happiness. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I really enjoy, uh, you know, kind of helping people to focus on those other areas and talk through those and, and start to create action and accountability in their, in their lives. So they not only can be really fulfilled in their career and making impact in the world like they want to, but that they can also be sustained. So I've created this signature happiness framework Mm -hmm. and as in my practice and, uh, in just the evolution of, of my coaching and how I support clients, I've, I've noticed these 
there are six components of happiness which create create this happiness framework. And one is mental well-being mm-hmm. and your mindset. So mental well-being is so closely linked and supportive of happiness. If you are not on a regular basis really checking in and and um uh, allowing yourself to you're really uplifting your mental well-being, mm-hmm. then it is going to be so challenging to work on any of these other components when when your head's not right. And I have been there. So when I was uh, living in San Francisco, probably about six years ago, I felt empty on a day-to-day basis. I was unmotivated. I was depressed. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it was very hard for me to pull myself out of that when I wasn't exercising. I wasn't eating well. I was drinking a lot, right? So all of those things really affected my mental well-being on a on a day-to-day basis. And it was very hard for me to, to understand and, and start to work on uh, all of the different areas and, and my overall happiness. So that is really the first one, the mental well-being. And then you have uh, your lifestyle mm-hmm. is a one of the, the next component. And then your environment, where you are located and and what you surround yourself with and by. The next is spending, how you're making your money, how you're spending your money. The fifth is relationships and community, how you're cultivating relationships in your life, who you're spending time with and, and, and who you're surrounded by. And then last but not least is career. And uh, so all of those areas in in my opinion, when you work on those actively, you're then able to cultivate sustained happiness because you are being uplifted by all these different areas and, and components in your life. Oh, girl, you just gave me the chills. Like every piece of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've like hit the nail on the head, especially that I love that you put mindset first because Just like you said, you were in a bad place in certain points. Like I was as well to where I remember the first year of running my business. Like I was, I'm doing air quotes right now. Obviously you can't see me (laughs) as I'm recording this podcast, but I was, you know, happy because, you know, why shouldn't I be? I finally got my dream. I was able to, you know, start my own business and I was making my corporate salary and I should be happy, right? But at the end of the day, my mindset was absolutely trash. It was so trash to where I remember just like shit talking myself sometimes being like, you can't do this. <laughs> like, what are you doing? And I find I find it so important that you put that first and you put career last. You put environment, you put lifestyle, you put all of those above career, because just like you said, you know, in the order of that, that's the way you're going to do it. You know, career is last because honestly, if your mindset isn't good, if your lifestyle, your environment, they're not all, all aligning with you, your career is going to be shit anyway, right? <laughs> it's so true. It's 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 really so true. And again, just all everyone is of these components are so interconnected and so interlinked. Mm-hmm. However, when you are actively working on each and really aware of where you are in each area, Uh, And let's say you have, you break up with your significant other, or you have to move, you are able to bounce back or, you know, not be as deeply affected in a negative way when you are sustaining all these other components. So, and thank you so much for sharing your journey too, with your, uh, you know, uh, your mental well-being because that is such a real 
experience. Mm-hmm. And as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as particularly in this last year, we are very isolated mm-hmm. in our businesses. And when we aren't making that conscious, active effort to uh, go out, you know, and, and get off Zoom, go out and meet people in person, maybe go to a co-working space once or twice a week, um, you know, really de-isolating ourselves, mm-hmm. then, you know, other, if we're not doing those things, it's very easy to uh, be affected on mm-hmm. a daily basis and, and we don't even realize it, right? It's honestly so true. And it's funny because, and I feel like most entrepreneurs feel this way, but at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was like, all right, this is cool. Like we all get to work from home and everyone's in the same boat and we're all in PJs and sweatshirts. And I feel like over the past six months, people are starting to get that irritability of, okay, we've done this for so long. Like we're ready to get out. We're ready to see people. So just as you said, it is so important to just pull yourself out of your shell almost and just say, okay, take a step back. Like you're still human. You do need to go see people. Cause I, I mean, I've, I could go weeks without seeing people sometimes, especially because I work from home on my computer, you know, all of my client calls are on computers and stuff. And it's just, you forget that, okay, you need that human connection. And so I find, again, I think it's so important, the framework that you are covering and all of the journey that you've created for your clients. So what the typical client that comes to you, like you said, are they in post breakup? Are they moving? Or are they just like, Amy, I need you. Like I need you to be a sounding board and to help me lift me up kind of. So what, just tell us a little bit about the type of clients that you work with. Yeah. So I I noticed two common threads. One is there's transition, transition happening in their life. And they're unsure of the transition mm-hmm. and they, they need support through that. And what we do is we are right. So maybe that's one component. Maybe they're uh, having to relocate for work, let's say. Mm-hmm. And what they realize, okay, great. We're, we're doing that, this transition in one of these elements. But then when we start to really open up the holistic framework, it's, oh, okay. There's so many other things that need to be um, uh, addressed or looked at or talked through to, to, to really cultivate that deeper, deeper level of happiness. Mm-hmm. So I love that that is, there's always the, you know, one thing that, and, and I love, you know, in air quotes, happiness, I was in completely in that same place. Mm-hmm. I told myself I was happy. I, of course I was happy. Right. Of course, you know, I had a loving family. I had friends. I was had a safe place to live. But when we think about that deeper purpose, that deeper fulfillment on that deeper level, uh, you know, really, that's the that's the work and really starting to understand, uh, you know, honestly with yourself is, are you are you really happy and, and really coming to terms with that? Um, and then the second thread I see is people just generally and this is where I was people generally being unhappy and just unmotivated. So there's almost that feeling of you're in a rut, Mm -hmm. you're unfulfilled, you're unhappy, and you just don't know what to do next. And you look at your job, you're not really excited about your job. You are trying to find a boyfriend or a significant other, and you, you just like aren't excited about anyone you're meeting. You look at your friend group and you're not really feeling supported. Um, And that's, that's really where I was. 
Um, and so that's that's the next the 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 second thread that I see is people just saying, okay, cool, this idea of happiness and this like idea of pursuit of happiness has not been working for me. I need to shake things up. I need a different perspective. I need to get out of my head and really do some deep work on myself so I can start to sustain happiness from within and cultivate that for myself. Um, and those are the types of conversations that I love to have because that is so, so, so near and dear to my heart. And mm -hmm. it feels so empowering to really help people through that transformation because that's the exact transformation that I, I you know, self-taught, self-led for myself. And it is incredible the night and day experience that I have of really looking back on that time and honoring and acknowledging how far I have come mm -hmm. and how happy I really am on an everyday level because I have sustained my own happiness. And I say that with, it's not fluff. It's not, it's like, I, I'm kind of getting choked up here because it feels so powerful that feeling you can have. And I want everyone to be able to experience that for themselves. And I, I think that is so important what you just said of you know exactly where your clients have been, right? And I think that's so important to, as a coach, that you have gone through what your clients have gone through. So you know what it looks like on the other side of it, right? Because again, we love the coaching space, right? But we also see some coaches that say, you know, I can do this and this and this. And in reality, they don't have the experience behind it, right? But you have the proof behind it and you have the experience and this amazing framework that you've developed. Again, I'm getting chills just by this framework because I will say there are definitely women out there, just as you had mentioned you yourself and me myself, that I was through the same space too. And it's funny now that you say that, I think back to the exact time in my life, I was in that headspace of that rut. And it was right before I started my business. And it was, you know, the point of, do I turn here? Do I turn there? Like, I am just so not happy with my career and where it's going. How do I change this? And, you know, it's hard to talk to your friends. It's hard to talk to your peers. You can only complain to your coworkers so many times about how much you don't like your job. Right. And if they like it, then what are you going to do? You're just going to be a Debbie Downer for them. Lovely. Okay. Then your family and friends, they're going to be like, oh, this girl's complaining about this again. Are you kidding me? And so having you in your back in their back court, I think is so important because, you know, I figured it out on my own, but how much faster could I have figured it out if I had someone like you in my back court? You know what I mean? How much sooner could I have been in a happiness space versus trying to figure it out on my own? And, you know, I'll try this and then try that and turn around in circles and maybe I'll do the rain dance and something will come. But I think it's so important to have someone like you if you're feeling in that rut because you've been there and you know exactly how to get your clients out of it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It Everything you just said is like, yes, yes, yes. And that idea of like wishing, hoping, dreaming for happiness, mm -hmm. that is something that I, I did. And that got me to a level of depression because it was like, I was doing all the right things. I was keeping my head down. I was working hard. And it was like, like, well, I'm, I'm doing all of this. Like, you know, when is happiness going to come to me? Mm -hmm. And in, in hindsight, I realized how passive of a role I was taking in my own happiness mm -hmm. because I wasn't, I wasn't being an active participant. I, I wasn't 
really acknowledging what I need and what I want and what makes me happy, what brings me joy. Mm -hmm. I was doing something that was prescribed and conditioned in me from media, from my parents, from my peer pressure, right? All of the other things. And at the end of the day, none of that will make us happy. It's all about us within. So that idea of being, you know, passive, it, you really have to be, play an active role and really um, start to cultivate happiness on your own. And, and to your point, it is so much easier having someone in your back court guiding you through that process because mm -hmm. it, it's, yeah, it, it, it's not easy. It, you know, and, and I did it and, and if I can do it, anyone can do it. Definitely. And having that guide is really important. Definitely. So how long do people typically work with you? You know, what is it? What is that type? How long does that framework, I guess, take into play? Yes. So I work with clients for one month, six month or 12 month. Mm -hmm. And six month is really the, uh, the, the time that I love to work the most with clients because we are able to see and really start to cultivate each of those elements in that six month period. So basically mm -hmm. we're, we're doing one of the elements per month over a six month course. Um, I do though, I will work with people for a month and we're just tackling one of those mm -hmm. areas. And um, so there is absolutely transformation that can be seen just not as on a holistic level, right, right. within the framework, but um, we are able to really dig, dig in and get deep uh, in one of those elements, whichever element you are feeling the most fear, the most stuck, the most um, uh, needing to activate in your life. Definitely. And then you said 12 months too. Does that mean like every two months is one framework or how does that work? Yes. So for 12 months, we'll start out just like the six month course mm -hmm. and start to tackle each of the elements uh, within that six month time frame. And then the additional six months is really uh, being able to come back and, and free flow in um, whichever area we need or really uh, holding ourselves accountable, creating maybe different structures. There's a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of trial and error in this mm -hmm. process. And so when we think about, I'll, I'll say lifestyle, for example, a lot of us are living a lifestyle that does not serve us. And so to understand what type of lifestyle, what we really need, what habits, what practices we need to incorporate to have a sustained level of happiness every day is trial and error. So mm -hmm you know, over the, we can really, you know, in a month we can really understand, okay, great. You know, what are these, you know, lifestyle practices that I want to incorporate? Do I want to change? But the continued time, um, really that, that the second six months of that section, we, we really kind of move around all of the different elements. And so we're talking about really more of your holistic happiness, mm -hmm. um, throughout that, that second six months and how all of these elements blend and merge together on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, again, you're giving me the chills because I just know that I know you as a person and I know you as a coach that I just know that anyone coming your way will absolutely have a transformational experience. So for someone who is currently in that rut is currently feeling you know, kind of what we were talking about that I wish happiness would come one day or someday. 
and it's not coming, what would be a piece of advice that someone that is in that position could do immediately today? What would be an action step for them? So just a few resources that I have. Um, I do offer a happiness tip every Monday. Yes, I love Instagram. I love her happiness tips. Let me tell you, they are so inspiring. And I'm like, oh, I need to do them all. <laughs> Super simple, very actionable things that you can do this week. Uh, and if it works for you, then continue to corp- incorporate it into your daily practice. But, um, you know, just again, that idea of just a different perspective, a different way of doing things and seeing if that resonates and helps uplift uh, your joy and overall contentment in the day. So I do have that resource on my website. I also have a resource page that um, I I have a, uh, I, I, when I did have a podcast, there's still the, all our episodes are up there posted. Mm there's, I have a medium blog, um, and there's a couple different other resources there for you. Uh, and if you want, if, if any of this is sounding good and you're curious about, can you be happier on a day-to-day basis? Um, you know, is there maybe room for more sustained happiness in your life? Uh, I'd love to support you in dis- in exploring that. So I, I do offer a 60 minute happiness call that is completely complimentary and would love to jump on the phone with you and really start to understand what that most fulfilled life looks like to you, where you are today, and really understanding where that gap is and what action can be taken around that to uh, to help you cultivate more sustained happiness in your day. Amazing. Well, this has been an incredible episode and interview with you, Amy. Where can people find you? How can they follow along? Where can they find these happiness tips? Yes, I am on Instagram, attainable underscore AF. And I also have a website, attainable hyphen AF.com. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining today's episode. Thank you all for listening. I'll put Amy's information in the description area below this episode and definitely follow along, Amy, because let me tell you, these happiness tips are amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me, Annalise. This is just, I love, I love your podcast and I love you giving the space for women to share their stories and and really inspire and encourage others. Because when we are living that most fulfilled life, when we're living in our purpose and, and sharing that with the world, anything, all the positive things can happen. So thank you for inspiring, inspiring others just by being you. Of course, and thank you as well. So thanks all for listening and joining and until next episode.